Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined, as always, by the KGCast Lush. Cass, how you doing, bro? Hey, now. That's how I'm doing it. Let me get, get, give me one, give me one. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. There we go. Hey, now, indeed. I am ready. It's a pop culture show. Ladies and gentlemen, Star Wars. Back to the future. Yeah, let's dude, get it. it. We are doing it. It's our second ever uh, pop culture episode. Our first one was Nintendo versus Xbox. It did really well. Uh, people liked it. So we decided we're going to do one of these every month. Uh, it's kind of give you guys a break from the wrestling cycle, but we can't give you a break from the show. So we might as well give you some more nerddom because let's be honest. If you're subscribing to a wrestling podcast from two marks, you're a nerd as it is. So you're probably going to enjoy these kind of pop culture things too. So today we are kicking it off. A, uh, a series. Uh, this will be the first month of a three-month series. We're going to be comparing two of the most iconic uh, film trilogies of all time. We're going to start with um, the original Star Wars trilogy versus the Back to the Future trilogy. So mm. we're today we're covering A New Hope, uh, Star Wars, the first ever Star Wars film that was released, uh, versus Back to the Future, two of probably the most iconic pop culture, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever you want to call them, movies. Um, they're still quoted today. They're still massive, um, massive like merch sellers today. Uh, they, they both have their own kind of comic cons and they have their own like dedicated fan bases. Uh, and I am certainly uh, a huge mark for both. I currently have a star Wars tattoo and I'm by the end of this month, I will have my back to the future tattoo. So, um, I, I love both of these franchises quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I just have the fondest memories of watching these on the USA Network, which kind of gives our little tie into wrestling here. Uh, I remember them both being on the USA Network. I remember TBS carrying a lot of the, uh, of the Star Wars stuff, actually. Star Wars, uh, yeah. What was it? Do, do you remember, like, the first time you saw these movies and how old you were and how, what they meant oh, to you? Oh, man. Man, I, can't, I honestly – so Back to the Future, I'll just say this right off the bat because you'll probably get it really quick. You'll probably figure it out really quickly. Back to the Future, the trilogy – all of them mean a, a lot more to me than uh, than Star Wars does. I'm just a, I'm, I like the Star Wars movies, but I'm actually a fan of the Back to the Future movies. Um, I couldn't tell you the first time I saw Back to the Future because my family's a type of family that's always joking on each other and doing movie quotes. And so like you know the McFly, the yeah. hello McFly. We've all been saying that. Yeah. I can't remember. It's kind of like the movie came out. <clears throat> Probably before I was born, right? I don't. I mean, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah, know when yeah. it came out. Um, but I believe it came. Oh out yeah, in definitely. Eight, eighty-five, right? Eighty-five. Um, eighty-five or eighty-six? I'm not sure. Right. Let me, let me so I couldn't tell you. I think it's eighty-five because they always do. Uh, or maybe it was filmed in eighty-five and came out in eighty-six. But um, it's kind of one of those things where I just have always known about Back to the Future. So I remember the first time I've seen it, but I know I've seen it a lot. Um. As far it came as came out in '85, it came out the day 85. before Independence Day, July 3rd, 1985. Nice, nice. As far as Back to the Future, first time seeing Back to the, or, I'm sorry, as far as Star Wars, first time seeing Star Wars, I saw that way, way, way later than I probably should have. Um, I wasn't against it. I just didn't was nobody in my family was really into it. I have older brothers, they weren't into it, so I didn't really watch it until I was probably like 15. And oh my, my oldest. God. And then my oldest brother was like, "Oh, dude, you gotta watch it." So we went to. So like all the cr- all the crappy like uh the, the original like the episode one two and three like the the quote unquote yeah. more like uh, kid friendly ones with like Jar Jar Binks I that came out in the those. early two thousands. You yeah. saw those first. 
I probably saw no. I only saw the first. I I when I was a, a young kid, I I went with a friend. Him and his family took me to the movie theater to see episode one. Ugh. I so was that really, was the first Star Wars movie you yeah, ever saw. Yeah, I was really young Ugh. and thought it was kind of boring. And I was really yeah, young. Of course. And I got excited because I liked the racing stuff, but it didn't get me like it. Obviously, if you see that movie, that's not going to get you into like the Star Wars definitely fever. Not, definitely fever. Not, definitely. But when I was probably about like probably maybe more like 13 or 14, probably more like 13, because um, my brother was like driving me around still. So we went to Blockbuster together, my oldest brother, and he was like, dude. But then we were trying to figure out which one we should start with. But that would mean the third one had to have been out at that. When did the third one come out? Maybe I was older. I feel like I remember doing the whole thing where it's like, like should we start with episode one and just do like one, two, three, or should we do four, five, and six? And then we said, no, let's like do the when did, original. When did the third uh, Star Wars movie come out? Yeah, number oh, three. When? One, no, actual three. Not not episode six. Act, episode three. Hmm. Because that might say because Return yeah. of the Jedi came out in '83, which is a year yeah. before I was born. So like, no, 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 I'm talking about episode that. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That, right, that's right. what I'm saying. I was like a teenager, obviously. Right. Yeah. No, no, I'm the third one because you episode see what I'm saying. Three of Star Wars came out in 2005. Yeah. Okay, so that that, that's what I'm saying. After I graduated so high school. <laughs> so that's perfect. That's exactly. I was 16, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I was a little off. So that's what I'm saying because we were debating on do we start. He had seen them, but it was do I start with four, five, and six, and then watch one, two, and three? Because we wanted to do like a marathon and watch all the Star Wars because I'd never right, seen right, them. Right, right, right. So we were like, you know, debating. Do we should we just do it like the chronological order? One, two, three, four, five, six. We went the right route, and I always knew people when they ask me, I always tell them do four, five, six, then one, two. Don't even watch one, two, and dude, three. Dude, that's really. what I tell them. I tell, I say, dude, I say like just watch four, five, and six. And I'm one of those random like super marks that I enjoy the J.J. Abrams series. I I really liked the Force Awakens. Oh, I Awakens. love those. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of people hated it because they were like, oh, he's just redoing a New Hope. But that was the idea. That was the purpose yeah, of it. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the idea. Yeah. It's, it is yes, you're right. It's the exact same storyline. But that's the point. That is the point yeah. of the saga is to show you the juxtaposition of new characters in the same situations. That's the entire point of the new trilogy. I love the Last Jedi. I think it's one of the top five ever Star Wars movies. Everybody, a lot yeah. of people pooped on it, but I thought it was fantastic. That uh, first there, one he did was like one of my favorite movies. Oh, the Force. Yeah, the Force just, Awakens. Great that was movie. like just fantastic a good movie. movie. I mean, good the Han Solo movie. spot in that movie, good God. Oh. Talk about heartstrings. Oh, dude. God, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? We're probably going to cover those at, at, at some point. But you know what? Let's just go ahead and kick this off here. Since uh, since the Star, Star Wars is a uh, the older, obviously the older franchise here, and no, you know, without a doubt influenced the Back to the Future uh, trilogy, let's just go ahead and tackle this. Um, man, so, God, Star Wars A New Hope. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Dude, this movie defined what a sci-fi drama could be and completely changed the face of American cinema. It changed um, the what a blockbuster could be, really. It changed what special effects was. It changed how any kind of space depiction had ever been before and after, really. I mean, even if even if you think about the Star... A lot of people would say the Star Trek series. I am, again, one of those few fans that likes both franchises. I'm a huge Star, Star Trek mark as well. I also have a Star Trek tattoo. But... Um, you know, the original Star, Star Trek series did not look nearly as good as this movie. And this movie was only, you know, what, 
a little less than 10 years after that original series of Star Trek. So there was a huge difference there in the actual quality of the movie. I mean, at the time, those graphics, and even to this day, they hold up. You can watch that movie now. Granted, sure, it's been remastered in Saint HD, but it still holds up as far as, like, this could possibly be something that would happen in space. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. you can lose, you can lose, you know, that, that, that's, you can, that sense of disbelief there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can have that, like, you can have that. So, man, again, like, there, there's no way you can talk about these movies without talking about, like, Back to the Future being influenced by them, uh, especially since, like, the Lucas, like, sound. Like, the, the, the special effects company that he had to found is the same special effects company that worked on Back to the Future. So it's oh, like, wow. I mean, you're getting the same kind of special effects team doing this. But granted, at that time, he was kind of inventing special effects as he was going, George Lucas and that team. So, like... I yes, mean, pretty were. much everybody yeah. started using started using their company for it. Um, you know, th that classic Star Wars crawl that you see in the beginning was actually taken uh, from early te television serials like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and those old school, like, beginning of TV days. Um, so it was kind of like George Lucas, as a kid, would, would watch those, and he wanted to kind of give a nod to that. A lot, of, a lot of younger people wouldn't know that, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, all of... All of the studios that Lucas pitched it to originally, only Alan Ladd Jr. and 20th Century Fox were the ones that got behind Lucas and his idea for Star Wars. He had pretty much took, taken it to every single other studio, and they all had no idea what to do with it because nothing had ever been done like this. So they're all thinking it's going to be like Buck Rogers with like the, the crappy little firecracker-looking rocket on a string. And, you know, they're like, no, we're not going to invest all this money in this terrible movie. Uh, but obviously just the vision was just... You couldn't deny his vision and his creative genius. Uh, the script went through several changes before it was greenlit uh, and went through even dozens more while it was being filmed. Uh, and a lot of fanboys might argue about that. Uh, but even George Luke, you know, a lot of fanboys would be like, oh, no, he had all these movies written before he did all, at least the first three ones before he even, uh, you know, did the movie. I've heard that that rumor quite a bit. And it's just absolutely false. It's not the case at all. Uh, Lucas did not have several stories just written in stone before making these movies. He was changing things on the fly, almost like week by week basis, especially with this first movie. Um, he had to kind of invent, you know, his own, uh, not only his own special effects, but he had to also invent his own like props, really. You know what I'm saying? Because he had to mm -hmm. invent a different world. It's not going to have that oval style rocket that you see. Uh, you know, he, he's coming up with ideas for like the X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon and, and the TIE Fighters. I mean, it just... I mean, to have all of these ideas and, like, all the way down to the costumes that these guys are going to wear, like, to have all of this in your head is just amazing to me. To create this, that kind of universe, I'd like to think I'm a pre pretty creative guy. I write songs, I do this podcast, I do other things that are, that are creative, but, but that guy is just, I mean, this to me is a definition of genius. Um, now, when the script finally did get greenlit, um, he had tons of people trying out and, and to be to be cast for these roles uh, because he had just had a little like a popcorn hit with American Graffiti, which essentially at that time would have been what we, we equivalent something as like a rom-com, something that might be a hit, but doesn't necessarily have huge longevity. You know what I mean? You might remember a rom-com from 10 years ago, but you're probably not going to remember a rom-com much past that. Like you might remember like Knocked Up, but you're probably not going to remember anything Win like a date with Tad Hamilton. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, or or whatever, or, or like even people our age, like like I re I know of the I know of the movie movie Sleepless in Seattle, but I couldn't tell you what it was about or who the main characters were. Oh man, Tom saying, Hanks like, is in that man. It's a great. Yeah, movie. I know. Okay, then what's it about? <laughs> 
What's it about? Yeah. He's a single dad, and they go. Oh, you get... actually remember? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I know that movie. Uh, but it's a good point. I didn't mean to ruin your point. I actually like. God, that movie. you just pooped all over my point. There. I know, but you meant no. You, I didn't. It, it was a good point. I you just picked a Tom Hanks movie, and I love Tom Hanks. Yeah. So. But yeah, they had they had tons of like actual Hollywood stars trying to trying to try out for a long time. Kurt Russell was kind of cast as Han Solo, like not what? necessarily cast, but like he was reading as Han Solo, and he was in the lead to get the part. Um, um, Harrison Ford at the time was actually a carpenter on set building these sets, but he had had a bit part in American Graffiti, which was the popcorn hit by George Lucas, right? So when Kurt Russell couldn't make it or it wasn't going to work out with his schedule because he took a, a different movie. I didn't really explain that well in the making of, but Harrison Ford was kind of just sitting in to read the lines because he knew George Lucas well. And if you're honest, I mean, some of the lines in, in Star Wars and a lot of the cast said this, like, that's just not how people talk. It's just so wordy. And so like, you know, it's just like big word after big word after like another dictionary word. And it's just like tons of, of stuff that, that normal people don't say. And so Harrison Ford was kind of there to give a more human feel to the other other people they were trying to cast in those roles to make them feel more in the in the role and deliver a better audition. And it worked out. It got him the job. And he essentially became a movie star all because of Star Wars. And even though he hated the idea of coming back to Star Wars up until uh, The Force Awakens, he does credit his entire Hollywood career not to American Graffiti or Indiana Jones, but to Star Wars. He does believe that the reason why he was a movie star is because he was Han Solo. And I don't think that anybody would disagree with that. Um, uh, Leia was the last to be cast, uh, and it was round like they had tons of, of, of leading women at the time. Uh, but Carrie Fisher rounded it out. They actually tried to send her to a fat camp to lose ten pounds. And this is Carrie Fisher mm. then. Oh my God! Like she was a full ten, bro, a full dime, like one hundred percent. Carrie Fisher, at, at least to me, is one hundred percent like the nudge into adolescence from childhood to me. Like no doubt about it. Her and the original Jennifer from part one of Back to the Future, not two or three, but part one. Yeah. Woo! Wow. Good Lord. Those oh, two. Yeah. Incredible for a hormonal 11, 12-year-old boy. Um, and arguably the most important role in the entire franchise would, would be Leia. Uh, James Earl Jones kind of rounded out the voice cast here. He was never actually on set ever with any of the cast members. That's why he never toured with the cast. Uh, and he doesn't really have a relationship with him. That's why he kind of distances himself. But you can't not mention James Earl Jones' like iconic voice for Darth Vader. I mean, it can't be anybody else but him, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, so like, what, like now that we've just kind of gotten through like the cast and like, uh, and, and just kind of George Lucas essentially being a genius in the special effects. Was there any like cast member that really stood out to you? Did you attach yourself more to like Han Solo or Luke or? Well. Yeah, yeah, I'll get. But one little thing I want to say before that that you you touched on a bunch was um, about both of them, the special effects, how they did things, and that's the that's something I'm I'm a real big fan of of movies from the 80s, especially back to the in the 70s, 70s, 80s, uh, especially Back to the Future and Star Wars. I love the special effects that you know both these movies had a lot of digital effects, but they also had a lot of real man-made uh props and effects and things were done more um you know there were you could actually put your hands on them and touch them they were real and yeah. looking back on it yeah when you watch it you could tell that a lot of the stuff is is could you know ha, is has a motor in it or you know it's or, yeah, or it's somebody in a yeah. somebody in a suit or something like that or or you know or even 
R2D2, there was an actual guy in there. You know, it's like, um, I like, I rather that. I rather it look a little less real than it being, but these movies still did a little bit of computer uh, animated stuff because that was about the most they could do at the time because computers were, you know, not where they are now, but it was a good, it was a good 1976. They weren't right. Right. It was a good medium, you know. It was a it, it was a good um they it was a good um balance of computer because nowadays everything's computer and it's so you know it looks good too. But I like that. I I, I miss that stuff. And when I watch movies like that, um, Ninja Turtles, the original Ninja Turtles, the same. Oh yeah. Love that. God, what Everybody's a great movie. in suits. Everybody. I like the I like that. So that's my favorite thing about both. When these that movies. movie came out, that was the only time that I was like kind of cool with people calling me Danny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right, Danny. But other than that, um, I hate it. Um, well, Danny, my other thoughts mm, are. Um, have said no, um, <laughs> I ribbed myself on that one, boys and girls. <laughs> Man, I've always been a, I've always been I'm silly. I always like, you know, the I like R2D2 and Dude, Chewbacca yeah. and and I love those guys. Um but man, yeah, I Han, love Chewie, man. Chewie's awesome, but I love Han Solo. Um out of all of them, I get out of all the real people, Han Solo. As a kid though, I guess when I I don't know, I've always liked uh I've always liked um I've always liked, yeah, Chewie and, and R2. They were like always my favorite. R2 comes in. I always expected you. I figured you would be a Luke guy. I figured you yeah. would be a Luke Skywalker guy. I just kind of no, figured you'd be I like mean, the. I think there's something about that. Good yeah. wins. I usually, face, you know. I usually am that guy. That that I usually am that guy. I mean, my favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels, for God's sake. But um, so I usually am that guy. But for for I think it's a little bit to do with the actor, um, Mark Hamill. That's his name, right? Yeah. Who's a great actor. He's a great voice actor and just a great actor. But I don't know. He didn't grab nominal voice actor. Probably the most underrated. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people don't know voice actors. But true. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. I, maybe this is from the newer movies. But dude, Han Solo is just the man, dude. Yeah, Han the Solo man. is the man. What, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely. I was, I was always a Han Solo kid. I was always kind of like, do what you gotta do to get by, man. Like, I've just always kind of been like that kind of guy. Um, I like you know, that I, he's I like, like he's like a criminal in, in the first yeah, one. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, I like he's just that. Smooth, he's though. A there, there, but there's an inherent good in him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, and that, that's exactly. kind of like that's very relatable personality uh, to myself. I feel like, um, you know, you might not always make the best decisions, but deep down, you're not really trying to hurt anybody. Uh, and that's kind of it's kind of like the vibe of of Han Solo that that I that I felt for sure. Uh, touching again though on Mark Hamill, man, like I for a long time as a kid I thought he just disappeared after after Star Wars, but then I found out that he was. Uh, here's another like nostalgia trip for for all you like 80s and 90s kids. Uh, the Adventures of Batman and Robin, that Batman series that we all loved. The Joker from that show, the voice of the Joker, the iconic voice of the Joker that's been that the Joker's voice. From that time all the way through the Batman Arkham Knight games, all those games, the Joker has yeah. been Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is the voice of the Joker. Some uh, and people that's, say that's he's another the best Joker. Oh, hands down. Um, hands down. He is the best Joker to me. I mean, you could say that he's Heath Ledger is the best Joker in cinema, and I would agree yeah. with that for sure. Yeah. But but if you're talking about overall who delivers the character well, who gets that vile nastiness, but also that really lighthearted and goofy and those one-liners, it's definitely Mark Hamill. A hundred percent. He is the embodiment of the Joker to me. 
Um, but yeah, man, let's let's talk about the filming of, of this because a lot of the fanboys think that you know that, that this 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 movie changed their life and and uh, you know they think that it was just like this magical moment. But to be honest, you know they started filming in the March of, of 1976 and it was pretty much hell from the get go, dude. Uh, Lucas was pretty much a frantic mess, just kind of changing everything constantly during filming. Uh, he was constantly behind schedule. He was constantly asking for more time and more money from the studio. Uh, he himself and his wife, who ended up editing this first, the first Star Wars, uh, he, they both thought it was going to be a colossal bust, and they planned to take a vacation during the release so they didn't have to be around during all the bad press that was going to happen. Um, it, Alec, or, yeah, Alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan Kenobi in, in the movie, um, he even threatened to leave the picture because of the constant script changes. And he wasn't told that they were going to kill his character off until two days before they filmed the scene. Oh uh, and he God. was very, 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 very upset about that. Um, so he actually worked himself into a new deal where he got a percentage of the movie and rights to it. So it pretty much set him up for life in order to keep nice. him on. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of wild, man. There were constant mechanical problems, and most of the crew thought the movie was going to end up being like a kids movie due to the fantasy nature of it, and they thought it was going to kind of kind of come across more like a like a The Princess Bride or like a, or like Robin Good Hood and Heights. You know what I mean? But they thought yeah. it was going to be like, never ending story, like like, a, like an actual line that and when like the, when the drama parts were serious, they were serious, but everything else was just laughable. That's how they yeah, thought yeah. it was going to end up being, but it was everything but that. It, it, it you know it did kind of it it changed everything. Uh, I mean, by the end of filming, the entire cast was really irritated, uh, kind of with George, honestly. And George Lucas was just kind of always on the edge of a nervous breakdown and had a couple of moments where, uh, you know, they talk about – the cast has talked about where he would just, like, you know, not even call cut for a take and just walk off into, like, the lot and just stand there for, like, 12 or 15 minutes sometimes, not move and just look off into space and, like, you know well – it's got to be tons of stress, man. I mean, well, let's and let's since you're right here, you seem like you're a really big fan of uh of Mr. Lucas, but I mean, what do you think about? There's, you know, I'm not a big. I, I don't know a lot about George Lucas, sure. but I, I went to film school and I've done a lot of study, and he has he's kind of he kind of has a rep of being. I hate to say it, a hack. I'm not, I'm not saying I believe this, but he has, a, he does have a rep of, of, uh, in some circles that he's a hack. That it was. Uh, a, I think, I that think he's that he, not really good at directing. At directing, I don't think he right. is very good at directing. Okay. Um. Now I do think that this is a directing. I think this is an editing masterpiece. I right. think that they edited this movie masterfully. Now I do think that whoever directed the director of cinematography did a great job. The shots were fantastic, and they talk about this too. How Lucas right. would constantly pick at him, and the director of cinematography would tell him like, uh, or the director of photography would tell him, uh, you know, like that's not your job. Like you tell me what you want to see, and I'll tell you where the light goes. I'll tell right. you where you know what I mean. Like, and so there was constantly him headbutting with the cast. So this is what I'll say about George Lucas, and this has proved true his entire career. When he's under pressure, he delivers. When you give him time and money. He kind of sucks. So right. he's one of those guys. Yeah, so I would agree with that totally. A, a prime example is Lucas had full control over that, that remake in the, in, the late, in the late 90s or early 2000s, like the episodes one, two, and three. Not they remake, but the, yeah, the, but the. Or like the, you know, the next right. series. The, 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 the sequels. The prequels. Yeah. prequels. The prequels, yes. There yes, you go. Yes, yeah. the prequels. And they were awful. Absolute garbage. Yeah. Uh, and I, honestly, like, you know, 
a lot of the fanboys are like, well, if it's not Lucas, you know, Force Awakens, it's not really canon. Uh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous because yeah. Force Awakens is far way better, especially the idea, too. Now, like a lot of those novels that were certainly not written by George Lucas are way better written stories than the stuff Lucas wrote. And they are considered canon even by Disney now. You know, like Disney Isn't... has used some of these stories in the Clone Wars and used them on like their own little, you know, Disney animated shows. Like, which, by the way, the Clone Wars is a fantastic little cartoon if you haven't watched right. it. But. Isn't isn't the like now everything they like to to put something I I'm, I could have sworn I heard this at E3 when they were talking about the video game if to put something out with the Star Wars name it has to go through all these checks and balances yes. because it's gonna be canon so yes. like a video game now now yeah they they have to look when they like, sold to Disney because Disney okay. cares about their universe. The right. same way, the same way, like if they were just gonna put Sleeping Beauty in a random or Snow White in a, a random movie, it, they would have to meet a bunch of boxes. She would have to right. be animated a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like, they but would just now have to those, work that way. so now those video, how they were explaining on E3 is like now those video game characters that they made up, yes, are, are canon. They're part. EA, EA and he, has they the were, Lucas Arts license, so all right. of those video games, like the force, like those old, uh, for, um. Uh, God, For, Force, uh, not Force Awakens. Yeah, it's, I know. I keep wanting to uh, say I know it's what you're Force talking Awakens, about. It's a uh, somebody, somebody, give us in the comments. There were Xbox 360 yeah. games. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic was another one. Um, Battlefront before the newest reboot of Battlefront. With, with those old old games were really fun. Um, the Force Unleashed. It was the Force Unleashed series. Um, great, great series, and it is canon now. And the new one, I think it's going to be like a uh, the Jedi Order or something like that is coming out. And the kid nah. from. Um, the kid from Shameless is is like actually like the oh, main. Oh, the new movie. Oh, okay. the, 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 the new, new game. game. The new yeah, game. I thought you were saying out. the new Force game, the new Force, uh, whatever it's called. No, but the new game, the new game that's the coming out game. is, is, yeah, is in that style of the Force yeah. Unleashed. And it's gonna be way more like third person action adventure. Right, style. but it's more action adventure. That Force Unleashed game was more of like a, uh, not to get in the video game talk, like uh, what are those games where it's like a bunch of enemies and you're just kind of slaughtering them? It was kind of like this, a button mash kind of game. Yeah, it didn't have to. It, pretty much, it wasn't that much strategy. This new one looks more like a strategy game, more uh, puzzle solving, almost like a Arkham Knight game. Yeah, a little bit than, more. Then a I, little I bit. Still, I would still consider Arkham Knight to be an action adventure game. Though. Yeah, it is an action I mean, adventure. It's, it's more I'm in depth, this, but it's this one's more of an action adventure than what those other ones were. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Those, yeah, 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 those yeah, were yeah, more yeah. like hack and slash. Beat em up. Were, beat em up. That, yeah, yeah, hack and slash, beat 'em up, whatever you want to call it. Um, anyway, let's get back on track. Sorry. But yeah, man. Um, yeah. So, needless to say, the movie like revolutionized Hollywood. It was an overwhelming success. It kind of shaped uh, everything that sci-fi could be. Uh, it really, really, really raised the ceiling for sci-fi. Uh, the comedy in there was nice. Uh, you know, uh, you know who's scruffy looking? Like those kind of things. Like I mean, just like will somebody get this walking carpet out of my way? Like the, the just the one-liners were, were great. I mean, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't deny it, and they and they and they kind of continue to the series, and we'll touch on that, you know, next month, uh, in the next one. But man, let's go. Ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and give you my rating overall, just of Star Wars, uh, before we get into Back to the Future. And while I absolutely love this movie, um, it's it, it's my favorite movie. It's not my favorite movie in the franchise, actually. This this A New Hope is not my favorite movie in the Star Wars franchise. All right. Uh, it has. I understand it's the depths of its value. I understand that it was the first, and I wouldn't have more of the movies without this. But I do think this is one of the rare instances where some of the sequels, uh, or at least one of the sequels, was better than than its its predecessor. Um, so I'm gonna give this one four and a half stars, which is an A plus. 
Uh, I mean, by any standards, definitely an A+, uh, but it doesn't get the full five stars just because I don't think this is the best Star Wars in the Star Wars franchise. What do you think about A New Hope? Yeah, man, I'm going to give it a C. No, I'm kidding. Um, I actually, out of the first four movies, this was my favorite. This, I, li- I like this one. I give it an A and not an A+, because there is some moments that are kind of stretched out and feel long and kind of a little bit of the, to me, kind of bore me out a little bit, but not enough to give it anything. I mean, it's an A. It's an A movie. I mean, I love yeah. it. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's an amazing movie. Uh, I'm not into Star Wars as much as you, but um, every time I watch it, but you if know, there's a snow just day watch and it's it again. on TV, you'll watch oh. it. Oh, I yeah, love it, and I love yeah. intro- I love introducing people to it. I love yeah. like saying, "Hey, you've never seen this. You gotta watch it. Let's start with four. I always recommend. Hey, you haven't watched it? It's so crazy how many people haven't because Star Wars is such. It is sci-fi movies. It is like there's yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's the pinnacle. Nothing will there ever. There was stuff before that, but they were like Planet of the Apes. It wasn't really like right. space adventure. Like but any, but so many space movies since then. So many other things. Oh, everything. Movie-wise, if you're going to do sci-fi, space, whatever, you're probably never going to be more famous, more known. It's such a staple in movies and American pop culture, world pop culture. I mean, who doesn't know Star Wars? And there's a reason for that. You don't get to that level of Star Wars. Yeah. You know, like it's a you can say Star Wars and everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah. It's uh, so you got to give it its credit and maybe you're not into sci-fi movies like we are, but it's a great movie. Just, I mean, you don't have to be in the sci-fi movies. This is a great movie. So there's some movies that I've seen that I would say, yeah, you probably need to kind of be in that genre to like it, but it's an okay movie. It's a B or a C star Wars, especially the first one for not the episode one you know what i'm right, right. the first episode release four, yeah um it is uh it's just a phenomenal movie i give it an a i yeah, give an a, it an a. solid a cool man so moving on let's just keep it going hop right on over it's 1985 huey lewis in the news is the number one band in america <laughs> and just neon and big <laughs> hair and acid wash jeans uh man god i am uh this is this is really my time i am i'm one of those few people that actually not one of the few people but i honestly think that pop culture in general was at its absolute best in america in the 1980s the music the movies the tv shows uh every everything that could be considered entertainment to me television everything it was the best in the 80s in in my in my opinion um and it man it it really starts with this uh so let's just go ahead and jump right into it, man. Yeah, uh, this is this is my movie, man. My favorite yeah, Rob, movie of all time. Okay, so Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale were the original team that kind of came up with the idea for Back to the Future. Uh, particularly Bob Gale. Uh, uh, he, his dad's funeral, uh, back and he was uh, looking through his old his dad's old yearbooks, and he just called up Robert one day, you know, talking about it or whatever. They were good friends, and he said, you know, how crazy would it be if you could go back in time and go to high school with your dad? Uh, and that's kind of how the entire thing spawned. It's a basic idea yeah. that I feel like everyone everyone has had. Everyone's thought that thought. Like, what would it be like if I grew up with my dad, you know? Yeah. I know I've had that because me and my dad are both musicians. And I, we've, I mean, I, we've talked about it before. But, but yeah, man, I mean, it was so, – so that idea, that concept, I just want to talk about that for a minute. I feel like that is so intriguing. <laughs> but and it, but it's, it's, it's so intriguing because it's a Pandora's box for every, every human being. Every human yeah. being has had that thought, like – 
You know, like what what would it be like if I could go back and like? Or if it's not that exact thought, it's like what what's what are the what are my parents like when? What were they like? What are they? They were re- my age. Because yeah, yeah, they yeah. don't. Because every parent, and we're parents now. You don't act. You don't. Some of the stuff that I say to my best friend Nick, or I say to you, I'm not gonna say to. I don't have a son yet, or, or I have a daughter. But even my daughter. But if you have a son and you're a guy, you can kind of say. You can kind of get a little more down to the level with them. But yeah, there's still more. stuff you you're not gonna go to. So I've. Yeah. You know, everybody has that thought. Like, no, what? What are they? Parents what are they lie. like? Of course we yeah. Lie. Of what course were they we lie. really? Because you don't know what they're really like. When my when my when my four year old son goes to high school in ten years and he asks me how I did in high school, I'm gonna tell him I was paying attention and I did all the things I was supposed to do. And of course I why would why would I lie? Why would I be like no I didn't care? I thought I was just gonna be a rock star. I'm not gonna push him in that in that way. Like and so my my parents always did the same thing. Now my parents would all say the same thing. Oh, I wasn't the best student, you know, but I tried, you know, like. Yeah. Well, I know my dad didn't try. My dad, it was a different time. You know what I'm saying? Like he graduated in 1970. He was a musician. He was a working musician while he was in the high school. He was getting paid to play already. So of course he was like not trying. Like honestly, it's kind of a, it's like amazing that in the 60s he was like, yeah, I guess I should finish high school. Like he didn't really need yeah. to. He was already making money. And to so, this day, the man has never had a clock in, clock out job. So he really didn't even need to finish high school, honestly. Hell yeah. So so <laughs> let's hear last question about this. If you if you had a DeLorean with a, with a flux capacitor and you gunned it to 88 and you went back to the 1970s, 60s and could go to school with your dad, would you yeah. and your dad have been friends? Yes, 100%. Yeah? 100% yeah. I don't 100- think me and, my mom, me and my mom would not have been friends. 100% no to both of my parents. They would have hated me and I would have hated Oh, no. Me and my dad would have got along really well, for sure. My dad. He was into like the 60s rock thing, you know? He was into the Beatles and the Birds and all I would totally have been into all that. Oh, I would have wanted to play in a I band. Yeah, oh, yeah. I would have been in all the stuff my dad's in too, but my dad is just so different. Not My dad was living on his own at 16, working two jobs. Oh, yeah. No, paid my dad his was, way I mean, through college and got a job and his, my dad's also he doesn't the like oldest. not working. Of like, five I'd brothers like, and two sisters, though, so like it's yeah. it's a lot, yeah. you know. I mean, he's yeah. he was the oldest, so it was very different. And, and they they had a family. My grandfather was kind of the patriarch of music in my family, so he yeah. would essentially get his kids and his wife to be his band to play gigs. Yeah, and yeah. he he owned a music store in Mount Pleasant, so my dad was already working at the music store. I mean, so these are things that like I would I would have I would have had to have been friends with him because I would have that was the only if I lived <laughs> there that was the only place to get music stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I I would have yeah. had to have been friends with him. Like. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's no way around it. I definitely would have been that's friends fine. with my dad, but that's a great question. I mean, yeah. I'd love to hear from you guys too, though. Would you have been friends with your parents? Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram. We'll definitely be, be throwing these posts out there for sure. Uh, but yeah, man, let's just, let's just dive right into it. Uh, once they got the deal, uh, with Fox, they had two days to write the original draft, two days. Um, Marty inventing rock and roll was developed before the DeLorean. So like there were things about his his character was the basis of what they wanted the movie to be written around, and that's a great way to do it to put this character that you that that everyone can relate to and or find lovable, and build the entire uh, cinematic universe around them is the much better idea as opposed to writing a story and then shaping your character. In my opinion, uh, and that 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 kind of like. That kind of shows you the difference if we're comparing here in the casting. Like in mm-hmm. casting in Star Wars, because it was more story first, like even though you'd say, okay, well, Luke's the main protagonist. Well, is he? Or is actually Han Solo the main protagonist? You see what I'm saying? Like, or right. is it Obi-Wan Kenobi? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was a more of an ensemble cast. Whereas Back to the Future is pretty much a focal point. Sure, you have Doc, 
but no one would deny that the main character in Back to the Future is Marty McFly. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way around that. It's Marty McFly. He is the main character in, in the movie, in the franchise. And I oh, think yeah. that, that that goes a long way, uh, especially with, like, a personal, uh, almost, like, relationship to the movie. You know what I mean? You have your own personal sentiments because you can't watch this movie without thinking about what it would what this exact would be like for you. Uh, and especially for me, because I was a musician, because Marty McFly was a skinny, brown-haired, brown-eyed kid, uh, you know, like, I, that wanted to play rock and roll. Like, I really, really, really gravitated gravitated towards Marty McFly. He was my absolute hero. Uh, I mean, so, there were so many of his aspects that, like, were just, I really gravitated towards and I could really relate to. Um, so, after getting that original um, uh, draft done, Fox actually turned it down, even though they had a deal. So, they showed it to Spielberg. And, you know, because they'd worked with him before, and he wanted it immediately. He wanted his production team to take it. But they'd already done a handful of movies with Steven that weren't really big hits. Um, so they really didn't want to, like, they didn't want to take a risk because they knew that this was going to be a huge movie. You know, the, the way they envisioned it was was big, and they didn't want it to be, they didn't want to go down that same, like, indie road, you know? Um, so they sure. kind of decided to shop elsewhere, and they shopped everywhere else. And after Disney and everyone else shut them down, uh, Zemeckis uh, took a direct, uh, a, dire a re directorial directional. I don't know why I wrote that down. I actually wrote it as directional. My bad. Right. Uh, took a directorial position uh, for a movie called *Romancing the Stone*, and that one was a huge hit. So after that happened, that's when he had more leverage to take *Back to the Future* back around to these other other companies and be like, "Look, now I now you guys know I'm not. I can't. I don't just make indie movies. I can make a blockbuster." Um, and so he, they pretty much kind of had their pick. So at that point, since they had their pick, they, they always liked Steven. They just didn't want to – they didn't want to like they – they wanted to earn it. They didn't want to like, oh, well, we've already worked with him. Let's just go through him again. He's our buddy. But now that he was – now that uh, Zemeckis was already kind of popular and was successful, he was like, well, you know what? Steven believed it in, it in the beginning. Let's take it to Steven and, and go through Amblin and all that. So that's 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 what they did. That's exactly what they did. And then uh -huh. they signed with they signed it with through Universal. Uh, so now we'll get into the casting. So I feel like we're kind of going through like the beginnings, the origins, and we'll get into casting. Oh, yeah. um, so Michael J. Fox was always the guy that they pinned on doing it. Um, he was in a in a TV show called Family Ties. It's a sitcom. It's a fantastic sitcom. I have watched every episode of it. It's really great. Um, a lot of times people just think about sitcoms from the 90s as like the great times. And they were. I love Friends and all those other shows too. But Family Ties – if you get a chance to watch it, go back and watch like Growing Pains and Family Ties. Uh, those are fantastic show sitcoms. Show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your grind. Great. That was uh, the best my favorite. song. Oh, as long yeah. as we've got each other. Great, 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 great stuff. The music was great. I love sitcoms from the 80s. I'm going to end this yeah. episode with that song. So you, will not, you will not. <laughs> you will end it with a song that wins this comparison. All right. So, yeah, uh, Family Ties, a huge sitcom in the early 80s. And even though the studio wanted him, they didn't think he would even be available. Uh, so they cast, they cast Eric Stoltz as Marty. And they shot for over a month uh, and knew it just wasn't right. Uh, you know, some some of the writing where they had landed the comedy, he was kind of taking it in more of like a weird science, kind of like slapstick comedy way. And, you know, they really wanted Marty to deliver it more as like subtle, subtle comedy lines, the way it's, it would really happen in real life, as opposed to like, oh, I'm cracking a joke and like, you know, you stick your finger in an electrical outlet and your hair spikes up. You know, that was kind of more. But to be fair, like weird science was a massive hit in the 80s, and that was a very popular style that almost like uh, – 
uh, the John Hughes style of like Breakfast Club and those kind of those kind of comedies was were very popular at the time. So you could, I mean, you're not faulting Eric Stoltz, and he had a great career. He went on to do some really cool movies, and I, I actually like him. He's a great actor, um, but he wasn't Marty McFly. Um, so yeah. So it's like they they wanted Michael J. J. Fox so bad. They had their mindset on him, and when they didn't get him, they tried to make it work. It's almost like they knew from Michael J. Fox acting, he would deliver it a certain way because they could see it. This yeah. other guy, they tried, but they were yeah, like, they guys. Saw it on a sitcom. So they're, nothing, they're yeah, nothing against some of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. They're almost yeah. writing some of this script to be based around yeah. Michael J. Right. Fox. You right, know? so they tried. Been in, yeah. yeah. And he'd already, he'd already been kind of a proven commodity on the, on the silver screen, too, with Teen Wolf, which was a pretty big hit in the 80s as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, Fox was just, I mean, he was meant to be Marty. I mean, so they convinced the studio to kind of make it happen. Uh, once they brought the script to Marty and he actually read it, he was in love. And he was like, yes, I have to do this movie. It's amazing. I really want to do it. Uh, so he was literally burning it at both ends. He would go to work at Family Ties and work eight hours a day. He'd get an hour off. He'd go and he'd shoot it from about four until, you know, another six out until about 10 or 11. Sometimes they'd even go until 2 a.m. and he'd get like – he would literally pass out in the car. Someone would take him in his house, put him in his bed. Someone would come and get him out of his bed still sleeping so he could sleep in the car on the way to Family Ties. I mean that's insane. That dude's work-level dude. dedication is amazing. And if you watch this movie, his performance is fantastic. His delivery is amazing. He's, he is, this is an Oscar-worthy performance in acting in my opinion. He's an idiot. He, he had the DeLorean. He could have went back in time and slept. He could have essentially been, there, been, been in both places at both times. Been both time. What was he thinking? He yeah, had the DeLorean the whole time and didn't use it. What an what an idiot. No, that is awesome. That is that is fantastic. I did know that. Um, that yeah, Michael J. Fox killed it in this movie. He is. I mean, uh, he may have he may have worked himself a into a, a, a health condition. Honestly, I mean, he talks about that too. Uh, he talks about like you know, especially because the value of sleep. Uh, and a lot of people that get Parkinson's, they tended to, to, to do like many years of, of, of where they got like six hours of sleep or less. Now, of course, there's oh, other contributing man. factors, but it's like that when, when you start doing that on a regular basis, uh, you know, for, for short spurts here and there, it's okay. But like if you're doing it for years on end, that can really, really, you can deteriorate your brain that way. It's really not a good yeah. idea. We got to end, we gotta end this quick. I got to go to bed. <laughs> uh, but of course, it wasn't just Fox that made the cast so historic. Uh, I mean, obviously, Leah Thompson as Lorraine was absolutely perfect. She did a great job playing the mom, and she, that she kind of carried out that role in other various ways throughout Lorraine, the series. Baines McFly. McFly. Yeah. Say hi to your mom for me. Uh, and then, of course, Christopher Lloyd as Doc. Uh, you know, he turned it down originally uh, and had a change of heart later on. Uh, and, and, of course, like, I mean, could you imagine anyone else as Doc? Not no. only that, but, like, do you know? I mean, Christopher Lloyd was in several other things. But can you really remember him as any uh, anything else but Doc? You know what I mean. The angel, the angel from Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And he was also in the Page Master. You remember that that animated? He was like no. the librarian in the, in the Page Master. Great underrated oh, okay. like cartoon from the mid nineties. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Thomas Wilson as Biff. I mean, he was so good oh. at the role that he became Biff. Like, and he talks yeah. about that too. He talks about being like kind of depressed in like a lot of the nineties because he couldn't get any roles because. Everyone like it was it was such a good actor at that one thing. He was Biff. It was so impossible for any people to think of him any other than Biff. Like he just nailed it so well. One of the greatest villains in this in like cinematic universe, too. I would honestly put Biff Tannen, even though it's not as serious of a role, I'd put Biff Tannen in the same conversation as Darth Vader, honestly. I really would. Yeah. I think he's 
that iconic of, a, of like a, a true villain, even though he's a little bit more comedic. Um, yeah, man, they did the whole first movie with only three DeLoreans. Uh, one that wow. they cut in half for the close-up stuff. Um, one that they pretty much smashed. And then one that they kind of did all the driving with. Um, right. So if you own one of those three, or essentially one, the one that's left in one piece, uh, you are a very, very, very rich man. I think it was something like $13 million for that for that thing at wow. this point. Uh, is the wow. value. It hasn't been sold since like 2004 or five. Um, but yeah, there's actually a documentary on Netflix about it. I think it's called Making the Car or Making Making It in Time or something like that. Oh yeah, uh, no, that is it. Not just it's on. There's a documentary on um, Amazon Prime, but it's not Amazon just Prime. about it the car. Amazon. It's yeah. mostly about the car and like Comic Cons, yeah. like and like yeah. this story yeah, and like, like how that. the fan base has grown from it. And, that and kind the, of thing. they talk about the hoverboard a little bit from and the how second. it's like Back to the Future Day and like a place in like was it like Sweden or something like that where like everybody sure. wears yeah. a costume or something like that. Yeah, and they, yeah. they like make they actually made a park look like Hill Valley and they screen it like with the courthouse and all that. That's wild. Wow. I want to go to that one one year for sure. That's kind of a bucket list thing for me. Um, yeah. But man, like, all right, so let's talk about the writing now. We talked about the cast. We talked about kind of like the origin of the idea. Every single line in the movie is referenced again in the other movies. Every single line. Every single line. That is yeah. – the depths of the writing there is unparalleled, dude. There, there, There's not a single wasted breath in the entire script, and that's why the UFC uh, film school, School of Film, still – teaches this script as the perfect script. This is the perfect script. Yeah. It's so well written. The the references are absolutely amazing. Even 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 shots that they have in the beginning. Like you're introduced to who Doc Brown is several several shots before you ever see him. You see his you see his lab, you kind of get an idea that he's kind of chaotic, he's kind of erratic. You you see, you know, all all the clocks and all the gadgets that he's got like with the dog food, you learn the dog's name, like mm -hmm. all I mean, just everything about the script, not just the actual lines said by the cast, but the way they set up the shots, everything was just so perfectly done that it is literally the perfect screenplay. I mean, to this day, I can go back and watch these movies. I've seen them at least hundreds of times. No exaggeration, hundreds of times. Me when too. I was a kid, I had the VHS tapes, and I literally wore the t the, the tape for number two because when I was a kid, number two is kind of my favorite. Uh, when I was a kid, and I literally wore it out to where it broke in the VCR because I watched it too many times. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was insane. So I I I, I love 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 these movies. Um, man, after scouting several towns, they ended up just building Hill Valley on the Universal back lot. And this will kind of prove to be a genius idea, too, that went, uh, went along so well with the script, considering it turned into a trilogy. So you can kind of keep Hill Valley looking like Hill Valley in every movie, but you can change it in every movie because it's a backlot. And you're not yeah. – because you imagine if they had just gotten the first one, and let's say they picked some random like Modesto, California town, right? And then like it works out. They shoot it. Boom. Let's do a sequel. Dude, like – you have to go in and make that look like a futuristic town. You have any idea how expensive that would be? It would be impossible, essentially, to really yeah. do that, to get like the permits from all these actual businesses and do it for a few months even to shut these businesses down. It's just not – it's not feasible. So the, the continuity of using the back lot, even though at the time back lots were kind of frowned upon because they looked kind of gimmicky, they did a fantastic job of making this look like 1985, 1955, their idea of 2015 – you know, 1985 or 1885. You know what I mean? Like right. they, they did a great job of, of really delivering 
everything in that universe in that one back lot. And to this day, you can take a tour and see the Hill Valley back lot, which is amazing. Um, yeah, man. I mean, people say what they want about it being kind of campy or being dated. Uh, but I people are to crazy. This, to this day, I, I, I strive to be Marty McFly. I, 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 when I grow up, I want to be as cool as Marty McFly. Like, that's, that's my goal. I, like, he is the coolest character of all time to me. He, but at the same time, he was vulnerable. He was loving. He was good, but he would cheat to get where he had to go if he had to. You know what I'm saying? But overall, he was a good guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Marty McFly is my favorite. The movie was a massive blockbuster. It was 11 weeks in a row, the number one movie in America. Uh, I mean, that's just something you're Ooh. never going to see again, really. Um, and also, too, like you can't – I mean, I know we we, we kind of we, – we skipped over it. Uh, with Star Wars, but the the Star Wars music was so iconic, and I feel like the reason why these both of these trilogies are so iconic is because when you hear the the first five measures of music of either Star Wars or Back to the Future, you immediately like think of it of the movie. It's it's all there, and the music itself has so much nostalgia. Um, man, for me, if we're going one on one versus the first Star Wars, A New Hope, I have to give this one the edge. Um, I, I have to give it the edge. Um, you know, Do we're going to continue, we're going to continue this trilogy. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, this is, this is the first month next month. We'll do, uh, empire strikes back versus back to the future. And the following month we'll do return of the Jedi versus back to the future three. So my opinions may change, but right now, uh, in this head to head comparison, man, back to the future is my all time favorite movie. It's my favorite movie of all time bar none. It's my favorite movie ever. There's other movies that are that are up there. Fight Club's up there. The Prestige is up there. A lot, a lot of other really great movies. But the movie that I will never say no to, if I like, never say no, if I have time, Back to the Future. What do you think, brother? Brother, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, man. With Back to the Future, all three of them are my favorite. I they're just my favorite movies of all time. I love you know Goodfellas. Crack one open for the working man. Like the baby. bird dog he is. He stops mid-sentence. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I love Goodfellas, Goodfellas Godfather, uh, Inglorious Bastards, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Those are all tied. Yeah, man. For second, but Back to the Future. Back is to the Future is my number one favorite movie. It's a, and I even like three, which some people think I'm crazy. I like, about. I I like them movie. all. I like I them all. Love it. And if I have um, time and I start Back to the Future one, I will try to watch all three movies. If oh, I can, I'm watching I will all, three. To watch all three. It might yeah. take me a couple days. Oh you know, yeah, 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 yeah. A couple weeks, the but if I watch like, one, show on Netflix. gotta yeah, yeah. watch all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Agree. I agree. Um, I love those movies, man. Back to the Future. I love everything about it. I could tell you that movie. I know every. I almost yeah. feel like I know every. Like, uh, I could storyboard the movie for you. I've seen it so many times. I love it. I've watched it so many times that I've caught things that you know, just never would have thought about before, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Every time I, I watch it, so, something, I it. it's always something small, yeah. but there's something small. Right. And I'm like, damn, it's just, it's so good. It's like every time I'm like, so God, good. dude, it's just so, so good. good, man. I love the story. Like you touched on little yeah. things like, um, you know, some people don't even catch Did it. Did they like, teach this when you went to film school? No, they didn't actually. <laughs> they taught Brokeback Mountain, but they didn't teach. Where did you go to film school? <laughs> Jesus, Lord in heaven, broke back mountain over it, back to the future. It makes sense. Well, the, and also like um, uh, movies like Shawshank Redemption and 
things like that. But I, I dropped out, so I'm a drop out. Maybe maybe that was a maybe that was year three. I don't know. Um, and it probably is Todd. I did drop out, so I mean they probably <laughs> did get to that. But I mean yeah, because ex- exactly the script. I mean there's one part in the I think it's the it's the second one, but still I mean it's th- they're all so great. The second one, the third one were actually filmed at the kind of uh, back to back, yeah, back to back. But um, Marty says. Uh, or Doc says this is heavy, and Marty says Great Scott in that yeah. movie. It, it's just like stuff like that. I just love yeah. it. Like they yeah. switch their it's their saying. It's campy things, yeah. but it's just so well written, yeah. man. Like yeah. It, or like when, just... when 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 in the in the first one when they're in the fifties and Marty keeps saying this is heavy, and Doc just goes, what what is is there is there a problem with the gra- gravitational, gravitational pull? pull? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just there's things like that that they were just so smart. Tell me this. Future boy. Yeah, future boy. The thing, yeah. Who's Jerry Lewis? Yeah. Um. Who's the vice president? Oh, Jerry- Gene Wyman. <laughs> you sound the like. Treasury. <laughs> Great. I mean, that's just that's just classic stuff there. But um, yeah, man. That th- just to give him that saying of this is heavy, and then have that happen in the. Fi- I just. One point look- twenty-one gigawatts. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. Like I could watch that movie again. Like I could literally just keep watching it. I love it so much. Oh, I love it, man. If you, I kind of gave it away at the beginning. I didn't know you were gonna also go this way. And yeah, I here thought we are. Maybe, maybe we're I get a lot of hate for this. We're probably I'm gonna prepared. get a lot of hate for this, but I'm re- I'm prepared. So let's uh, let's do like Biff Tannen. Let's make like a tree and get out of here. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna go on to the. Uh, we're gonna go, let's uh, let's go ahead and cover. Uh, let's go ahead and just cover what we got coming up, man. Dude, thank you guys for joining us. We have a great time with these pop culture episodes. I hope you guys are enjoying them too. They will be a monthly recurring theme. Uh, but next week we are back to wrestling. Back to what we do best. Uh, yeah. So today is September the 12th. So thank you guys for joining us uh, for Star Wars versus Back to the Future and our second ever pop culture episode. Uh, next week. We will be covering the new pay-per-view, the next pay-per-view for WWE. It's Clash of the Champions 2019. We're going to take it back 25 years in this comparison, and we're going to cover Clash of the Champions 28 from 1994. Uh, Sting is the headliner on that one. It's going to be a good one there. Uh, The week following that, it will be September the 26th, and we're going to be covering WWE Hell in a Cell 2009 uh, from 10 years ago versus uh, WCW Future Shock from 1989, 30 Uh years ago. So we'll be doing like a nice little 20-year uh, comparison there. That'll be that'll be cool to see. Uh, and then uh, you know I, I, I challenged Cass to, to actually build a show for once in his life. In his life. Uh, so uh, so yeah. So uh, you know Cass, what did what did you come up with for October the third? Man, I decided to just cover every Shawn Michaels match that has ever happened. We are gonna start uh, with uh, we're actually gonna start with the AWA. And we're going to work our way. It's going to be a five-hour show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no. So, I picked... <laughs> it's not a... the HBK collection for the, the WWE collection. Network. All 14 and a half hours of it, it's, or however long it is. It's going to be a long one. It's a marathon. I picked All In. It is not a AEW nice. show. Daniel yeah, suggested I it. I thought that, about yeah. it. I thought it, but I've never seen it. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do two old shows. Like, really, really old shows. So, I've never seen All In. I'm really excited to... It's gonna be fun. I really, I, but it's not AEW, but it is kind of. Right. right. It was kind of. It was. Not, but it, it was, was a precursor to AEW. Exactly. And there was a lot of hype behind it, and I really wanted to watch it, but I couldn't. So, 
That's the first one. It goes against King of the Ring because of the King of the Ring hype right now. King of the Ring's yeah. in session. There's a lot of King of the Ring. Uh, ad- Chad Gable, by the way. Yeah, well, they just and and there's some King of the Ring uh, rumors going around. They just had to cancel a match with Elias for tonight. Well, not yeah. tonight if you're listening to this, but um, for SmackDown. Um, yeah, so I'm doing King of the Ring 1997. If you don't I know love, about that, 97 is my favorite year, man. Oh, great year! You got Sean. He's no more Mr. HBK, lovable HBK. He's you know bad boy Shawn Michaels. Um, D-Generation X-Type Sean. You're going to get Taker versus Farouk. A lot of people don't realize this, but Farouk, he was a champion in WCW. Yeah. He was in the main event First versus Undertaker. Afri- African-American champion. Right, right. And another uh, hidden gem, um, Shawn Michaels versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it's not WrestleMania 14. So that's another one for you. And then you also get, will Triple H win the King of the Ring? We all know the story of Triple H getting, you know, kind of, uh, thrown out of winning the King of the Ring before, and then Austin was able to win it because of the curtain call. So you get Triple H. Uh, this is kind of the rise of Triple H. Like I said, you get Sean. It's kind of the birth of Triple H from Hunter S. Helmsley. Right, right. right. He's like got China kinda, in his this corner. Is transformation, yeah. Right. China's in his corner. It's like the I, I can't remember if I haven't watched it yet. I've seen it. I just can't remember. Um, I can't remember if they're DX yet or this is like the beginning. But uh, I know I think it's Triple H has China. I know Triple H has China, and I know Sean is doing the whole thing with Austin, so he's more of a starting to become that bad boy Sean. So it's a this is going to be a great pay per view. Um, so all in, King of the Ring '97. That that's our uh, October first. October third. That's our October third show. Yeah. show. So the week after that, we're going to be covering uh, WWE Hell in a Cell 2019. That'll be their next uh, pay per view or special or whatever you want to call it. And we're actually going to do this one. Uh, this one's going to be a 15-year comparison, but we're going to go back to Taboo Tuesday from 2004. And if you guys remember, that was when they tried to have the crowd uh, yeah. vote on like stipulations and opponents and stuff like that. So this is a notoriously pretty rough pay-per-view, uh, but it'll be fun to kind of like watch it and compare it and like talk about the ideas. That. Yeah, that's gonna that one's gonna be pretty fun. So I'm pretty yeah. excited about that one. And then rounding out, uh, you know, a month of content next uh, uh, next month, we'll, our next episode for the pop culture side is going to be. Uh, October the 17th, and we'll be covering Empire Strikes Back versus Back to the Future Part 2. Man, I, honestly, you know, for a month out of content, I'm I'm super pumped with, like, this lineup. I think this is probably our, like, I'm really excited about every single show. Um, so, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I'm, Me too. I'm, I'm just happy to be here, man. I'm just Me too. To I'm, exci- I'm excited as well. Happy that you guys are enjoying it, man. Happy, you know, why don't you guys have a little bit of the bubbly? And, uh, and hang yeah. out with us. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you guys so much for joining us. We are Fave Comparisons. My name is, as always, Daniel Don Schaefer, Mr. Know-It-All. I am joined by the KG Cast Lush. Hey, now. Please be sure to follow us on our social medias at KFabe.com. That's K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-O-M. Be sure to hit that subscribe button uh, wherever you're listening to this right now, either on iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever. And if you get a chance, man, leave us a five-star review. Leave us a, a review of some kind that really helps get our get our name out there. And tell a friend, man. Tell 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 your sister. Tell tell your buddy. You know, like uh, even if they want to just listen to our pop pop uh, culture episodes. You know, if they're not into wrestling but they really like Back to the Future or Star Wars, be sure to throw this episode their way uh, if you think they might enjoy it. But yeah, man, that's gonna do it for us here. Cast, wrap us up, baby. I'm all wrapped up like a Christmas present. Let's get out of here. Let's go. 
Drink some beer. Have fun. Subscribe. We'll see you guys later. We love you. Peace.